Welcome to Exotic Pets. I'm Tracy Hotchner, whom you may know as the dog and cat lady, but I'm wearing a different hat here. With the brilliant collaboration of my co-host, Dr. Doug Mater, the world-renowned veterinarian specializing in exotic animals, we are here to celebrate all the other pets that share people's lives. This show is for people interested in pets that slither, hop, creep, fly, or swim, from bunnies to iguanas, parrots to ferrets, snakes to tortoises. Dr. Doug is going to teach us the physical requirements of these exotic pets and how to manage the often challenging environments and correct diets essential to their welfare. Dr. Doug Mater is the author of the wonderful memoir, The Vet at Noah's Ark, Stories of Survival from an Inner City Animal Hospital. He is recognized worldwide as a veterinary specialist on exotics and is the author of four major veterinary textbooks on reptiles and amphibians. We are proud to have ZooMed Laboratories as the founding sponsor of Exotic Pets. ZooMed has earned its reputation as the number one reptile and amphibian supplier in the world from simple beginnings 45 years ago as a passion project for one man who still runs it. Renowned as the international leader in UVB and heat lighting, ZooMed manufactures all their reptile supplies, accessories, and tools in the U.S., which they test on their own collection of animals, which surround everyone at headquarters. We're also sponsored by Oxbow Animal Health, the one brand that has stood out for more than 30 years as the leader in health and wellness for small mammals. Veterinarians, rescues, and passionate pet parents worldwide trust Oxbow to support the health and happiness of their small pets. Oxbow provides for rabbits and guinea pigs, ferrets and chinchillas, hamsters and gerbils, mice and rats, because these small pets have big hearts and require special nutrition and care. Oxbow has everything needed for their best life, the right hay and nutritionally complete foods, treats and supplements, litter and bedding, and a whole line of enrichment products created so your little loved ones can chew, play, hide, and explore every day. We're also brought to you by the bird food specialist Zupreme, which started with a revolutionary yet simple idea, provide exceptional diets for extraordinary animals. Best known as the bird nutrition specialist, Zupreme creates many foods for birds of all sizes, and they also make a variety of treats to appeal to every sort of bird and enhance their lives. Dr. Doug, you wear so many hats. You had your own clinic, which you wrote about so brilliantly in your memoir, A Vet at Noah's Ark, and that clinic had dogs and cats, but also all the exotics that are, I would say, your kind of passion point. And you also have a very specialization as a veterinarian for zoos. So I'm wondering, what's your take on people who want to have monkeys as a pet? Because my understanding is, don't monkey around with monkeys. Do not have <laughs> monkeys for a pet. But I'd like to know from a specialist who deals, I don't know if you deal with the monkeys in the zoos or if you're the specialist there for the reptiles, but can you talk a little bit about monkeys as pets and our, our, our distant cousins and whether we should cage them? Absolutely. And again, I appreciate you having me on the show with you today. It's always great to talk with you. Um, you know, I, I think you know that my residency, which was uh, three years after graduation, I went back and did three extra years on primate and zoo medicine. So I oh, had a tre- that it was tremendous primates. amount of primate yeah. experience yeah. and background. Um, yeah, I definitely work with the primates in the zoos, uh, and I also work with primates in, in private ownership. 
Although I'll have to tell you, I, I, as much as I love monkeys uh, and I love primates and I love primate medicine, I do not endorse private ownership of primates because I think it's just abhorrable. Um, you know, in almost 40 years of doing veterinary medicine, I've had, you know, hundreds and hundreds of private ownership primates and maybe less than a handful were properly cared for. Wow. Um, there's so many issues that, that we can talk about. You know, the big one, of course, is should primates be kept in cages? Should primates be kept as pets? And personally, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, and that seems odd for somebody who's done so much work with primates. But um, no, I, I don't think they should be kept as pets. Tracy, I think it's wrong. Now, when you These first- animals are highly social and highly intelligent. And the last thing they need is to be put in a cage or, or given in a contrived environment. And isolated from their from their fellow monkeys. Now, yeah. when you first started, I forgive me because I should know everything about you being my co-host and being really my leader in teaching me about exotic pets so that we can better teach those who want to have them and those who do have them. Forgive me for forgetting that you did that specialization with primates. So, yeah, you would be the go-to guy. If I didn't know you, I would have to try and find you and seek you out to talk about primates in cages at home. But it, when you first started in that work 40 years ago and in that residency, did primates have a much less good life in the zoos? Because um, it's a rhetorical question. I went to zoos 40 years ago and many decades even before that as a, a child and then an adult. And we always, I think we all collectively felt the very worst for our cousins behind bars but then it seemed like they gave them better habitats at the least. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. I mean, things have changed exponentially in the last several decades. Um, all sorts of new rules and regulations have come into play. And, um, you know, animal welfare, that issue has just risen to the surface. And that, I think, is paramount to any animal in captivity, and especially in zoos now. In zoos, at least in this country, I can speak for this country and most of the zoos that I've worked with in Europe, um, they put animal welfare, you know, at the peak. And it's extremely important that if you're going to have these animals in captivity, that you do everything you can to ensure their welfare and ensure that their quality of life is there and that you're giving them an environment that's as close to their natural environment as possible. You know, it's no longer just about putting them in a cage for people to come by and gawk at them. Right. You know, you tap on back, the glass. Yeah, I, I think back to, uh, I remember as a kid watching a movie called Doc Tari with John Wayne and how he was he and his crew were paid to go out to the wilds of the jungles and, and the deserts and catch these wild animals and then sell them to zoos. And if the animal died, you just go out and catch another one. And it's not that way anymore. That is absolutely abhorrible. Um, you know, now it's everything you can do to promote you know, propagation and, and saving these animals and promote the species. Um, so, yeah, I mean, things have changed dramatically in the last several decades. I know that your your special accreditation as a zoo, zoo veterinarian is Europe-based, so you've been to a lot of European zoos. Myself, I found myself in Berlin, a place that didn't personally appeal to me architecturally or in any other way, actually. So I thought, well, I'm going to try the Berlin Zoo with my husband, thinking, I don't know how I feel about zoos anymore. I've been to enough to know that 
there's many times where you kind of cringe and wonder, are you, I don't know, helping to support something awful? And where those chimpanzees and gorillas lived, how they lived, and of course, no one anymore is going to have a chimp, and never did they ever have a gorilla at home. So we're we're talking about the smaller members of the primate world, but how they lived in that zoo was so fabulous. You weren't looking at at, at animals behind bars with plexiglass looking bored or cranky. These guys were outside and they had this in completely not a cage enclosure. There was a moat and their handler came around and they knew where to sit and wait for him to give them their lunch. And they each got a whole head of, of lettuce and a whole stalk of, not one stalk, but a whole branch or bunch, whatever you call it, of celery and carrots and apples and he would throw it to them so they could get it and keep it in the place they wanted. And they really, you got this sense that they liked their life and they it was worth it to them to wait till for their 11 a.m. celery. Was that something that evolved slowly? Would they first give them fruits and vegetables in their not-so-nice cage originally and then let them be outdoors? And the chimps had a whole jungle gym that that they seemed to be enjoying a lot and they could do stuff with each other and they all lined up in a row at the at the opening of the moat and they were all given special food items that you know it wasn't uh, monkey chow it was real food and maybe they get monkey chow behind the scenes i don't know is that something that evolved all at once or little by little i mean how does it work because you have to I change the whole cage it's been evolving little by little over the years and as we learn more and more about behavior in the wild and then behavior in captivity and then blending the two together to give them the enrichment that they need and you know the goal nowadays is not to force any animal to do anything it's to get them to do it at their own free will right and you do that by positive rewards never ever ever by negative rewards and I think that's one of the big differences between the zoos and the private setting. And you had brought up the concept of people keeping them as pets. Um, you know, unfortunately, think back. Uh, I can't remember when it started. It was over 20 years ago when Friends, the TV show, started. Yes. And he had uh, the one guy, I can't remember his name, had the pet monkey. Oh, my. Uh, he had the pet I forgot that. And, of course, that started this huge craze, right? Because oh. somebody on TV has this cute pet monkey, and on TV, the monkey is perfect. You know, you don't see the monkey biting people and throwing right. things and, and urinating everywhere and tearing things up and destroying stuff and screaming and yelling and do all the things that normal monkeys do, because that's what monkeys do. You wow. just see this monkey that's really cool. Oh, Ross was the guy's name. Um, you know, and he could talk to the monkey and the monkey seemingly would understand and talk back and they would have human type conversations and people think, Oh, that's really cool. I want to get one just like yes. that. And that was, that was probably one of the worst things that could have happened to primates in captivity because after people seeing that, yeah, everybody wanted to run out and buy one. And this was back when I was living in LA and I was one, of, I was probably the only one, maybe there was one other veterinarian that would see monkeys in captivity, um, privately owned monkeys. Right. And, you know, these people would get these monkeys and then they'd use them as human surrogates or, or children surrogates, oh, right? right? Dress them in outfits. And absolutely. And feed them people food, which is the last thing in the world some primate from the jungle needs is human food. Right. And then these poor monkeys get obese. They get dental disease. They get diabetes. Um, they get all sorts of, of um, you know, human contrived conditions because we're 
treating them and feeding them completely inappropriately. And then the monkey gets frustrated and invites the owner. So what does the owner do? They run out and they have all the teeth pulled out. And oh God, no, I mean, no, oh, man, that is, it, it's not as common anymore. It still happens. And I'll tell you right now, the veterinarians that do that to me, I think they're whores. And then yes. that's pretty harsh. No, it's but it, anybody you're right. that yank an animal's teeth out for money is wrong. And you know their attitude is, well, if I don't, then they're just going to kill the monkey. Well, they need to rehome the monkey to a proper place where it has a normal life. You don't yank its teeth out. Wow. And I, I, I still believe it or not, I still have one primate at a rehab facility that I work with. It's got to be forty years old. That had all of its teeth yanked out oh, no. because the owners didn't want it biting them. And that monkey is still alive. But the poor monkey, it's so sad because you look at it and its tongue hangs out because it has no teeth to hold its tongue in its mouth. Oh, jeepers. And, like uh, old dogs that have lost that, their teeth exactly. to old age. And it's, it's the sweetest monkey in the world because now in its new home, it's, it's treated properly. Lots of space, lots of environmental enrichment, proper food, caretakers that love it. Um, but, you know, it's it's – deformed it's been deformed thanks to these idiot humans and a veterinarian who did it i um, can't believe i forgot doug that there were years ago but not that many call it 30 well you know there's, there, there's, but there was a woman at a at a at a there was a charity event for newman's own that my father co-owned with paul newman and it was held at a polo field or something but it was a tent and it was some wealthy people in the horse show world which is somewhat irrelevant and this woman, oh my God, I forgot, a premier East Coast family, premier in the horse show world, she and her monkey were wearing identical custom-made oh. dresses, and the monkey had a diaper on, and everybody was ooing and aahing, and I kept thinking, this is creepy. This is like those capuchin organ grinder monkeys from the 1930s in Italy. Mm-hmm. And nobody, nobody then, 30 years ago, knew to say, this is animal it's 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 vulgar it's you're you're pimping out this little monkey to be your surrogate daughter in a matching outfit it's exactly what you just said but nobody was sensitized to it nobody had their consciousness raised yeah and the twisted thought there is that you ask these people you think that's fair and they go oh yeah they love it how do you know they love it how many wild animals want to get dressed up in a party dress and and you be know, called just, around in your lap. Yeah, yeah no, that no, they don't love it. <laughs> I I fully disagree with that. You know, there's there's about you know maybe eight to ten monkey species that are commonly kept as pets, and you can I hate to say it, but you can still buy them. I mean, there are you go on the internet and you can just Google it. And I don't want to direct don't people do to do it, this. Folks. Don't do but, it. But you know, you can order a monkey and have it sent to you. In a lot of the states, it's legal. Some states. You have to have permits, but they're really, you know, just you pay, you pay money. You know, you just pay a license fee and you get it. And then fortunately, there are states that are putting their foot down and saying, no, you can't. But, you know, the most common pet monkey is the capuchin. And that's that's the one that was seen in Friends. And that's the one that you typically associate being an organ grinder monkey. Yes. A squirrel monkey, spider monkeys, marmosets, guenons, tamarins. But you also see crazy people that go out and get things like macaques. And macaques, you know, they can be they're they're not that you know they can get 30 40 pounds the some of the bigger species but man they're incredibly powerful i mean they'll rip you apart and then you, you get the occasional person that's going to go out and get a chimpanzee i had several clients when i lived in la that had chimpanzees now everybody that i had that had them as pets 
tended to be movie stars with lots of money, you know, so they thought it was cool to have a wow. monkey. You remember when Clint Eastwood came out with... Um, oh, sure, Everybody that Blues? movie was... Yeah, the, the chimp he was his sidekick. So a lot of other... I, I know at least three other movie stars that went out after his movie came out and went out and bought themselves orangutan pets. But they don't know what they're getting into. You know, I mean... Do you remember probably 15 years ago, the woman had the pet chimpanzee in Nevada? her face off or her friend's face. face. Yeah. Yeah. They ripped her face. I mean, literally ripped her face off. And I've seen the medical pictures of her and she's missing her eyes, her ears, her nose, her mouth. Um, It's just, it's, and then you get mad at the monkey. It's not the monkey's fault. You know, these, these things are brought on by the way they were treated. So, yeah, it's 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 really same when you think about it. And then, you know, several other things, too, is, you know, monkeys, uh, aside from the fact that they're highly social, highly intelligent, uh, they need space. They shouldn't be kept in a house. They shouldn't be fed people food. Um, they do carry diseases and there are right. diseases that are transmitted from monkeys to people, which can make people very sick. Herpes B is the classic Ebola. I'm sure everybody remembers the Ebola outbreak from about half a dozen, dozen years ago. Um, and then there are also diseases that people can catch or carry that can, that can affect monkeys. Um, you know, like herpes simplex, you know, you see the cold sores on people's lips, right? If that, if a person has a herpes simplex lesion, certain species of monkeys, if you get next to the monkey, they'll de- they're dead, highly, highly lethal to monkeys. So, you know, it's, it's not like having a pet dog or a cat. I mean, the, the fact that the, the monkeys, the primates are so similar to humans, naturally they're going to share a lot of pathology. And so, you know, it's, there's so much to be considered here. And there's just so many things that we have to look at that they just don't make good pets. And I, I can't tell you how many times over the years I've had people call me. Um, and oftentimes it's very wealthy people saying, well, you know, I, I, I want to get a monkey. I have a lot of money. I can do it right. I just need you to tell me what's the best monkey. I said, none. No, 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 yeah. no. I understand yeah. you tell most people that, but, but I'm, I'm I am, special. I'm special. I have money. I'm special. Mm-hmm. Um, I can afford to do it right. So I'm going to get one and I understand you're an expert. So could you tell me what you think is the best one for me to get? None. <laughs> you know, it's like, and so what ends up happening, right? Is so they get pissed off at me because I don't want to tell them what they want to hear. They go out, they get their monkey anyway. And then six months later, they're coming to see me because the monkey's got metabolic bone disease, nutritional origin, oh, man. or it's got vitamin C deficiency and its teeth are falling out or it bit them and they want to have me pull the teeth out. It's like, no, no, no. I said no to begin with. And I'm still saying, no, you need to take that monkey and we need to take it to a rehab center, get its mind taken yes. care of, get yes. its physical problems taken care of, and then find it a proper home where it can the home like being a home sanctuary. Home. Not right. the, the, words, not another not rich person's home. We're not going to let it go in the Everglades, or we can't take it back and let it go in South America. You, know, you screwed this animal for the rest of its life. Yeah. So we need to take to a sanctuary where we'll be treated properly. And um, you know, I, I, I just the, the horror stories of monkey owning people. I, I, I could <laughs> maybe I will write a book on that. Well, you know, uh, you've got you've got the second part of your your fabulous memoir, The Vet at Noah's Ark. Maybe there'll be a third one. Because you do it with humor, like none. And then here's the hundred reasons why they're going to try and talk you into it. Yeah. No, no I, I, monkeys. I got to tell you, the, the, the second book is, when it comes out, one of the key characters in the book is going to be Kirstie Alley, the actress. Oh, yeah. And she, to her credit, you know, obviously she 
financially was comfortable. And she had a zoo, a private zoo, and she kept pet monkeys. But they weren't monkeys that sat and watched TV with her and ate popcorn. They were in, in proper cages. No kidding. If you, if you want to call it that, call a cage proper. But right. to her credit, she hired um, experts from one of the largest zoos in the world to come out and design the facilities no for her. No kidding. And she took incredibly good care of these animals. I mean, oh, my God. And she did not treat them like children. And she did not you know, feed them popcorn and make them wear dresses. So to her credit, she kept them properly, as properly as you can. I can't wait to read it. That's really uh, nice. So yeah, the but take- there were people that did. Yeah, well, so the takeaway, folks, is considering a monkey, just stop right now. Stop considering yeah. it. Go look at a, yeah. m- look, go look at a monkey don't movie. Pass, go. And, but and if you want to. But please, don't consider putting a monkey in your home. You're doing Can yourself and the monkey a horrible disservice. If you really disservice. want a monkey, do this. Go to the local zoo and adopt a monkey. Yes, you Pay yes. the money to help fund the care for that monkey. Because yes. monkeys are not inexpensive, even in a zoo. That's right. So they're, they're very expensive to keep. And the zoo's... You know, could certainly benefit it. Then Great you get idea. Your, you get a picture of the monkey. You can put up on the wall. You can go visit your monkey. You'll get postcards from your monkey. You know, <laughs> and, and you know that you're helping promote that animal's well-being in life. That is fat, and, and, and teaching the next generation not to think of having one at home. Yeah. That's great. Doug, you're wonderful, and the monkeys are glad you're there to, to take care of them, even when they've been mistreated, but especially... Let's try and make sure that the next generation, whatever that may be of humans, stops monkeying around with monkeys and gets a little smarter and a little kinder. Thank you so much. You got it, my friend. Thank you. Dr. Doug Mater and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Exotic Pets and our desire to educate and inspire you to give your exotics their best possible life. This show is brought to you by the wonderful companies that cater to the needs of exotic pets. From Zubad Laboratories, where they make everything you need to keep your reptiles and amphibians in tip-top shape, to Oxbow Animal Health, with health and wellness solutions for small mammals, and Zupreme, the company dedicated to your bird's nutrition. And if you haven't read Dr. Doug's book, The Vet at Noah's Ark, yet, do yourself a favor and pick up a copy.